The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, December 20th, 2021. The woman in your life she can rest so easily she does everything you do because the woman in your life is you hello everybody and welcome to women's spaces my name is elaine b holtz and i'm your host with me at the board is my friend my partner my engineer and co-producer ken norton good morning ken good morning my God, I can't believe it, folks. This is the last show of the year. I cannot believe it. Where did 2021 go? It just flew so fast. And I just a, a quick announcement. Next week on the uh, last Monday of the month, we all going to have a, a rerun. But this is the last live show. So we're here in the studio live. And I have a very special guest with me this morning. Joining me in the studio is Celeste Austin. Hi, Celeste. And <laughs> Celeste is an academic and community leader, and we'll be honoring Vince Harper, who recently passed away. Uh, Celeste will also be reading a piece called We Are Here, which was uh, wrote as a statement of her feelings about racism and the fact that black members of our community in vital positions are leaving our community, and I know this will give us some insight into what is happening. It is very, very important. And also, I will also be talking on the phone at the end of the show, the last segment, I'll be talking with my daughter Susan, who is the owner of Economy, uh, Economy Plumbing, a small business, and we'll be giving a little bit of update from her perspective of how the small businesses are doing and talk a bit about some of the changes that our family are making to celebrate Christmas this year. And like I said, we have, uh, we've just, uh, my granddaughter's just given birth to uh, my second great-grandchild, who, uh, like I announced on the show, had a little bit of a cold. I mean, I could not believe a two-week-old baby could get that sick, but the baby's fine now, and it's such yes, a blessing. I mean, yes, bringing the yes. bringing the Christmas season in like this. And since this is the last show of the of the year, and we're going to be considering this the last um, Monday of the month that we will be on the air, we are going to do the Women's Spaces Pledge, and I'm really excited about that. I really am, because, you know, I mean, we've been on the air a whole year, and one show after another, and in spite of the pandemic, in spite of all the challenges that we had. And the most wonderful thing about it is we did survive. You know, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, when I think about it, folks, you know, I think about, you know, it's it's Christmas time, you know, and it's also what's very special. It's also the winter solstice time. And I found something very, very interesting. You know, women are constantly put under the bus at this time of the year, the winter solstice. Uh, it was a patriarchal theft by the church. And it was revealed by the concept of Father Christmas. It was stolen from the indigenous shamanic cultures, primarily from Siberia and the Nordic counties uh, in northern Norway, Finland, and the Arctic Circle. And what it is, is is long before they had uh, the male uh, image. You know, Ken, what, why don't you tell us, what, what is going to be the winter solstice? It's called the red, it's called the red solstice, or it's a deer, the manzanina. Winter solstice. It's the winter solstice. And that's going to be tomorrow? 
Yes. Tomorrow will be the winter solstice, but it's really a really the shortest di- shortest night. The shortest night. So that's going to be tomorrow. But it's really amazing that in the indigenous cultures, they honored women more than they did honor men at this time. So it's very interesting. Another another little tidbit that we found out about. Well, on Friday, uh, this Friday, uh, I was at the Finley Center, and I intended uh, part of a memorial for Vince Harper, who was a, a dear friend of mine. And I knew him. He worked. He was uh, one of the directors at the Community Action Center. And he was one of these go-to people. He was one of these people that you could just go to, you know, hey, Vince, i got to find this out. He'd send you to the resource. If you needed a photographer, he was there. And what was amazing is that we had a celebration every year called June. And he was always the photographer. And he took these great pictures. And I just can't imagine of what it's going to be like without Vince. So I'm going to call Celeste in here because Celeste was at also at the uh, memorial for Vince Harper. And she wrote this beautiful, beautiful piece about him. And I think this kind of this kind of gives us a kind of a flavor. Well, Celeste, before we go on, I'm going to do something a little different. You know, the show is just we're running. It's our last show. We're going to run a little different this year. Tell us a little bit about yourself before you read the, the piece about Vince. You know, tell us you're an activist. Usually I introduce people, but I thought but for the last show of the year, let the women introduce themselves because it's so important to talk about yourself. And we also have joining in the studio here, uh, Celeste Partner, uh, Linda Franklin, I believe it is. Well, welcome. Welcome, Linda. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you, Elaine. <laughs> what a pleasure to have you here. So, Celeste, tell us a little bit about yourself. How much time do you have? Oh, a whole lifetime, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Elaine, thank you so much for inviting me and my partner to be here with you and your partner. Um, People know that I'm a community activist, very engaged in Sonoma County and in other parts of the country and also in the world. I have worked for nonprofits most of my uh, working life. That's the uh, work that fits me the best. I'm currently working for Interfaith Shelter Network. Shout out to IFSN. And, you know, I'm also somebody who just loves to engage with people. I love talking to people. I love learning about individuals and learning about different cultures and and also being proud of my own culture and being proud that I'm an African-American woman, you know, who has been in Sonoma County for... Oh my goodness! Over forty some years, you know. And, God, you don't look over forty. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, and you know, it wasn't easy when I first moved up here. It was not easy, and so I understand just the challenges of that transition, particularly if you're coming from a black community. You know, I'm also part of multiple communities in Sonoma County, multiple uh, organizations, and uh, I just feel really blessed right well, now. I feel really blessed, and I feel really grateful, and I'm just grateful to be here, and I'm grateful for Linda to be here with us. Well, I'm grateful to have him. My God, this is a day of gratitude. You know, and when we're and we're celebrating Vince's life. You know, yes. I figured that we should do some sort of tribute to him. And I know you read this beautiful, beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. So this is a tribute to Vince Harper, who we all loved, we all admired, we all respected. He was an African American man. He was one of the early, early young. Uh, 
people of color that came into the county that mm-hmm. achieved a position of importance and prominence, and mm-hmm. he was a helper mm-hmm. with the capital. I would put all the letters, H-E-L-P-E-R, mm-hmm. all capital letters. So go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and read this, Celeste? And then we're going to take a musical break. And I want you to know the musical break I'm playing is an old, old African hymn. It's called Swell, uh Sweet, oh my goodness, where am I? Swing low. Swing low, low sweet, sweet chair. You know, and I will play that to honor him also. So go ahead, read this, and then Ken, if you would play the song as soon as Celeste is finished. I have to take a deep breath. Um, these words came to me um, after I had heard that Vince had transitioned, and they just flowed out. And here it is. Vince Harper is was such a bright light in our community. He is that rare, beautiful black male who is open, giving, warm, and contributes in so many ways. I love seeing him everywhere at most community events. As Elaine mentioned, Juneteenth was certainly one of them. Wearing his camera and his smile, offering a warm greeting, Sometimes not saying a lot of words, but just enough for you to feel acknowledged and connected to the black community as well as the larger Sonoma County community. Yes, he worked for Community Action Partnership. He was a nonprofit guy working and doing service for his programs and other. I was, am proud to know him, sharing similar values, caring, and loving our youth. He is Mr. South Park. At the event, actually, a police officer came up to me and and he said, you know what, we used to call Vince the mayor of South Park. And we both had a good, warm chuckle together. Words do not express our pain of his departure from this world. We know that he has a special seat at the table of the Most High. He is resting now or not. We are saddened about his physical challenges over the past many months. And once again, he championed his own struggle with courage, faith, and the loving support and encouragement from many who respected and loved him. Yes, our hearts are broken. And in his honor, we will march on continuing to do the hard work and practicing greatness in our beloved community. Peace be with you, my brother, Celeste. Oh, Celeste, that was beautiful. It was beautiful the way you read it, and it just was beautiful. And I thank you for that, and and really... I felt the same way. I felt like he was the mayor of South Park, and he was a brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was that good of a friend. So let's go ahead. We're going to play Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. And this is a, an old, old, old hymn. And also, I found a special recording by one of my favorite women artists, the lovely Etta James. So let's go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to play an uplifting song with Swing Low, Sweet Chariot.
coming to carry yeah. me home. Yes, yes, nice. yes, yes, nice. yes, yes, yes. Well, right. we're, we're going to do things a little bit different because uh, Celeste is on a little bit of a time frame here that we have to, to move along rather quickly. So we're going to go to the next segment of the show. And that is, oh, uh, around November 9th, there was an article in the Press Democrat, Sonoma County official departure rings alarm among black local leaders. And what it was was is a woman uh, who I believe worked for the economic board here in Sonoma County decided that she was going to leave and her accusation or her reason for leaving was the fact that there was such systemic racism in our county that was being projected onto her that she did not seem to be able to get much support about. And the only way that she could handle it was to leave it. And, and, and Celeste wrote a very, very interesting piece. It's called We Are Here. And I think when I read the piece, I read it about four or five times. And the thing that the reason I decided to bring it on the air is because it's so important to understand what women of color go through. You know, I mean, we have these professional people that contribute so much to our country, uh, to our county. And you know, I think of I think of, of what Dr. Martin Luther King said. You know, he dreamt of a day when his children would not be judged by the color of their skin, but rather by their character. And I think it's very important that we recognize that. And you know, we have very, very we're a very diverse community here. We have African American people, we have Chinese people, we have Japanese people, we have Jewish. Jewish people, we have white people, we have, I mean, our neighborhood alone, we live in, uh, we live by uh, Cottingtown, we have 17 languages. I mean, how much more diverse can you get? You know, so it's very important. So, so let's give us a little background of what was behind writing this, and then let's let's go ahead and read it and discuss it a little bit. And then I'm going to have to say goodbye to both of you. And before before you do it, though, I just want to acknowledge Linda Franklin. Linda, I'm so glad you're here. Say hello to the folks. Hello, folks, and thank you for allowing me to be here, Mr. Lang. It's oh. just interesting. I love when they call me Miss Elaine. They think, oh my God, I just love it. I just love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here, Linda. You're a joy to know. You're a lot of fun to know, actually. Okay, go ahead. True that. <laughs> Give us a little background on this piece that you wrote and, and, and what it meant for you. Well, you know, uh, and I say you know, you may or may not know, um, the deep resignation of uh, Sheba was just heart-wrenching. It was just a big blow to Sonoma County because she is such a talented, beautiful black woman who was bright, who was, you know, also spoke her truth, uh, worked hard uh, in a county department, and uh, met resistance. And that resistance... From what I understand, too, it it grew, along with the the horribleness that happened when her and Barbie and another African American woman, I believe, you know, got zoom bombed, and it was just horrible. It was just ugly. It was just the worst of racism. And so these are professional women. These are professional folks. Not to say that this doesn't happen to professional people, but when you're on your job and you're doing your work and someone disrespects the position, disrespects you, and you know you're being called out because of the color of your skin. And so when uh, this news came in, it was really um, a major loss. 
and I guess it was a double loss because there was an African-American gentleman who was going to be coming on board and chose not to come to Sonoma County. So before before you read it, I just want to acknowledge the woman. Uh, it's Sheba Person Whitley, and mm-hmm. she was the executive director of the Sonoma County Economic Development Board. Mm-hmm. And on and it, that what happened was on October twenty second, twenty uh, seventh, there was a recognition uh, resignation email, and that's what started the whole thing going. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it was heartbreaking, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about it, because it's so hard to get people, good people, especially in a rural county like Sonoma. Mm-hmm. So, if something like this happened. And because of race, I mean, it was so blatant as mm-hmm. far as I was concerned. There was no, there was no denying it. Mm-hmm. So read the piece. I think it's a very emotional piece. I, what, what inspired you? Did you just all of a sudden just have a vision? Well, you, you know, I, I don't. It could be the time, this time in my life. I'm doing more writing, and when these um, feelings come up or these events happen, I'm getting, I'm more quickly getting pen to paper and writing about it and it just flows out and so this is the first half of that uh, piece because I had to ask myself I've seen numbers of African American folks leave this county our children have left this county you know other professionals Barbie Robinson left this county you know and so what is it that holds some of us here what is it that we find uh, that keeps us being okay with living in a county that can be difficult as well. So this is called, this piece is We Are Here. And the other piece, i got to back up, because we hear about percentages and numbers of the number of African-American individuals here. And, you know, only this 2%. We are mighty, we are strong, we are bold. And who knows... And who cares about it? There's one person there that should be treated that that percentage has some accuracy, but it doesn't define who we are. Exactly. It doesn't define who we are. So here we go with we are here. We are here for various reasons. We moved to Sonoma County because though the Bay Area was cool, it stopped working for some of us. We moved to Sonoma County because we decided to head further north in search of redwood trees, a slower pace, and an opportunity to reconnect with nature and our old roots. We moved to Sonoma County because opportunity knocked better jobs or an opportunity to expand our professional careers. We moved to Sonoma County because our parents and grandparents were brave and were true pioneers. And they stayed. They fought. They started, created churches, the NAACP, built and bought homes and land. Some of us were born here, so we integrated, assimilated, survived, thrived, and went to school here for better or worse. Some of us found mates of different races if needed. Jungle fever is alive and well in Sonoma County. Some of us were fortunate enough to connect with partners of the same skin tone and similar black life experiences, and we're happy, too, most of the time. We moved to Sonoma County because it reminded us of something old and offered us something new. We moved to Sonoma County and stayed because it became home. 
Wow. Well, I'm sure glad you came to Sonoma County. I'm glad I came here, too, and I'm glad that we're having this moment together because it's very important to recognize that. It really is. And also, I really want to acknowledge you for reading it because just writing it alone, and you've read it several places, takes a lot of self-esteem, takes a lot of self-knowledge within yourself. And, you know, you're, as far as I'm concerned, Celeste, you're also one of these professionals that it's very important that you stay here and that you continue to contribute. I know for myself, you've helped me a lot in my own growing, you know, my own understanding, you know, being a Caucasian woman, being on the radio, understanding what the black experience actually is all about about, particularly for a woman and now for a professional woman. Mm -hmm. So since we're on the idea of self-esteem, and I don't want you to leave, I want us all to do this together, I'm going to take a risk here, and we're going to go into the pledge, because I have, uh, we have now four people, there's four people here live, Mm -hmm. Uh, what's this, oh, Ken was just gave me a note that Linda is a RN, and I just wanted to announce that and just establish her. Also, she is a nurse, so you know she's helping all these people with their illness and covert and all that. And I'm sure there'd be another interview just to talk about the disease that she's experiencing. So, welcome again, Linda. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's really happy to have you here. So, we're going to do we're going to do the self esteem pledge, the women's space. Yay. pledge. Let's do it together. And you know, it it, it you know when when you read that, and I think of these women. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, to be an African-American woman, when I walk into a room, someone says, hey, you know, there's Elaine or something. But when you walk in with a woman of color, you walk in with a whole different experience. Somehow the eyes are oftentimes on you, you know, in a way that can be comfortable or uncomfortable. So it takes a lot of self-esteem. Would you ladies agree with that? That it takes a lot of inner inner self, inner Mm -hmm. strength. Mm -hmm. Totally. Very, very important. Very important. I do want to also do a shout out for a group that I'm connected with, Impact 100 Sonoma County, and how this year um, we gave $100,000 to the Lyme Foundation, which is started by an amazing African-American woman who is started off as a roofer and then just continued to expand her her skills and her love for her community, you know, um, that fortunately there's some breakthroughs here in Sonoma County, but there's so, so much more that we have to have to have to keep fighting for. What is Letitia's last name? Just Hanky. Yes, she is one of my. It, is she, she amazing? She, she is, is an example. She mm-hmm. owns. She owns the roofing. Uh, I do remember the name of her roofing company. I can't remember. My mind is a blank. I didn't know her name was going to come up. But Letitia, if you're listening, mm-hmm. you're the one of the greatest women in our county, and we want to acknowledge you. Absolutely. And you are definitely someone that has self-esteem because I remember when she decided to start the Lyme Foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like this big, you know, uh, light bulb went out in her mm-hmm. head, and all of a sudden she's. Uh, mm-hmm. She's uh, doing this wonderful mm-hmm. foundation who's very successful helping mm-hmm. young people mm-hmm. get jobs, mm-hmm. get training. I mean, mm-hmm. and it was a, a vision that she mm-hmm. had, and it takes a lot of self-esteem. Exactly. And let's just let's just do a shout-out. Let's get a shout-out to Nancy. Oh, Nancy you, Rogers. Nancy Rogers, who just, with Blacks United, just keeps us rolling and connected. And, you know, let's just give a shout-out to 
to Regina Brennan, who is doing amazing work with the uh, Sonoma County Black Forum. And we got to go to Petaluma with Faith. Oh, and, Faith and Ross. Oh. Faith Ross, you know, and her uh, her cohort who has been uh, doing this oh, work. Gloria. And Gloria. You say one, you say the other, you know. Uh, and I the work Gloria. they do with Petaluma Black. So, you know, we are doing it here in Sonoma County and our newly elected officials who are doing the hard, hard work here. Well, look at Jackie Elrod. Now mm-hmm. she's, she's our mayor. I'm so excited about that. I mean, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, back to the self-esteem thing. So let's let's do the pledge together. Why not? And this is going to this is wonderful. And and I really appreciate that mm-hmm. you did the shout out to all these women because and the ones that weren't mentioned. You know who you are. You're doing it every day, and you know keep on keeping on, sisters. And then an old eighty one year old white woman like me. How did I ever get involved with all this? <laughs> well, Nancy Rogers was my neighbor across the street, and boy, we start getting into it the minute we met. You know? And you are the former president of now, right? So, so it's really, it's really kind of interesting. And Ken, thank is- you for being a wonderful partner to Nancy and a wonderful ally to us all. Well, I love You're it. You're so welcome. You're so. <laughs> I'm actually the partner to Elaine, but. We do get along, Nancy and I. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, Harold, you know, I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows this, and I'm going to embarrass them all if they're listening. I know Harold listens to the show. He makes the best barbecue sauce in Santa Rosa and and Sonoma County, and I can't get him to bottle it. You hear that, Harold? You're in big trouble now. Okay, (laughs) let's do the self-esteem. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say one line, and then you repeat after me. And then I will say it totally by myself, and then we will say it all together. So there's three parts to this. So here's part one. I will say one line. My self-esteem. My, my self-esteem does not depend does does not not depend on anything on anything outside of me outside of me my self-esteem my self-esteem depends depends on my relationship on my relationship with myself with myself and my higher power and my higher power oh god i just got high that feels so good okay i'm going to say it now just everybody just Take a deep breath and just listen. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. That means whoever's thinking or judging you, hey, that's your opinion. What you think of me is none of my business. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. And higher power can be anything. I believe in the Native American, they believe in the word creator. I believe that there's a something that creates some magic. Who knows what it is? But it's a higher power, something beyond us, something outside of us that comes inside of us that gives us all that strength. Go on, Linda. Do a shout out. Because that's how I can see it as my divine creator. Divine yes. creator. As my divine creator. I love it. Yes. I okay, so it. let's do that. Let's, let's use it, it, divine creator, instead yes. of higher power. So yes. I will, let's say it together. My, my self-esteem, self-esteem does, does not depend, depend on anything outside of me. me. My, my self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself, myself and my divine, divine creator. creator. Yes. Yes. A woman. Yes. yes. Uh-uh. Love it. Uh-uh, Linda. Oh, Linda, Linda. I'm so happy to have you here, my love. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Celeste, from the bottom of my heart for being here. And thank you, Linda, for being here. And thank, thank you, you for Linda. all you do with your patience and how many people you take care of. And it's just a joy to have you. 
Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Ken. Well, I hope when you're driving, it's 89.1 FM, so you go ahead and listen to us so you can hear because the next part is going to be very, very interesting. Okay. I was talking to my friend, June Bashir, the other night. I was so excited. I said, June, I found this new Christmas song, and I can't believe it. It was written by John and Oko. And I never heard it before. And, and June said to me, she says, well, she says, they play it every year. I said, well, I've never heard it before. Well, I'm going to play it now. It's called Happy Christmas, The War is Over. And let me give you a little bit of information about it. Happy is this Xmas, actually. The War is Over is a Christmas song which was released in 1971 as a single by John and Yoko's Plastic Ono Band with the Harlem Community Choir. But of course, because we're a woman's show, you know, we're a women's show. I have, uh, I have a, uh, a piece that is sung by a woman. Let me just get that name. Can I have your sheet here, Kenya? The woman who's singing this is Sarah McLaughlin. And it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful song. So I want you to hold, go ahead and listen to this. And when we're, when we come back, I'm going to, uh, have my daughter Susan on the phone, Susan Jensen, and we're going to just be, we're just going to be chatting to each other. And also I'm going to read just a little bit before I bring Susan on the line or while she's on the line. I'm going to read a little bit of the poem, I am women, I am all women. I'm really happy that I have that, that opportunity and that time. And here we are, the last show of Monday, the last Monday of the year, the last show. I can't believe it. A whole year has gone by, 2021. Just amazing. It's just amazing. Well, anyway, let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play the Happy Christmas, The War is Over, sung by Sarah McLaughlin. And then let's get Susan on the line. This Christmas.
Oh, boy, I love that song. I cannot believe it. You know, Xmas, the war is over. <laughs> I can just I can just see John and Yoko in the studio uh, recording that. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And uh, before I introduce my daughter, Susan Jensen, who's on the phone, I, I, I need to do a few announcements. You know, we were talking about Vince Harper uh, passing away, and we did that wonderful tribute to him. But I also want to acknowledge another person, and that, that person is in our Chinese uh, Association and our Chinese uh, folks that live here in this county. And that is Frances Locke. Frances passed away a long fight with cancer. She passed away quietly on the morning of December 15th with her family surrounding her. She was a member of the Redwood Empire Chinese Association. And during the 1990s, she taught Chinese at the, uh, actually for the uh, Redwood Empire Association. In their language school, and she has been a matriarch of the Locke family. And our our condolences go out to her. And I, I just really appreciate uh, Nancy Wang who does that. And we're going to be coming up with the Chinese New Year, and uh, we will be ha- hopefully be having Nancy on. And to the Francis Locke family, we send our condolences. Well, welcome back. Like I said, you're listening to Women's Spaces, and without further ado, I'd like to introduce Susan Jensen, who's on the phone with me. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm good, you know. And, you know, Susan's claim to fame is that she's my daughter. She's been my daughter for many years, and I love her deeply. And she's the owner of Economy Plumbing here in Sonoma County. And I thought I thought we would just, for the end of the season here, we would have a little mother and daughter chat. And also, uh, Susan can give us a little bit of update of what, uh, what's been happening with the small business community. So, Susan, let's start. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you ever get involved in plumbing? Oh, my gosh. It's kind of a long story, probably too long for the radio show, but I did work for a gentleman that um, ended up buying the company in 1998, and he brought me over, and I helped him run the company and set it up um, after purchasing it from the previous owners, and then he eventually offered me a partnership. And that's how I got involved. Well, let me let me ask you, you know, I mean, plumbing is very unusual for women, although there are women plumbers out there. But you're not a plumber yourself. So as a woman, as a woman running a plumbing business, have you run into any challenges or anything specific that you can remember? Um, no, it's just working in the industry with, um, you know, it's mostly men in the industry, obviously, um, and just kind of learning how to work with the guys and using um, some of their language and, um, you know, just educating myself on plumbing in general. I don't physically know how to do a lot of repairs, but generally if a customer calls, my dispatcher Barbie and I can usually get a pretty good idea of what they need, and we pass it on to the guys. Do they and think- they take it from there. Do they think because you answer the phone or because it's, it's two women running the company that they actually think that women are going to come out? No, not no, not really. And I haven't really run into any real issues with it, per se. Um, but a lot of people um, call us because of our website because we have shop dogs. That's kind of cute. So we've got women run and then we've got shop dogs. So we kind of have the whole package for people. 
Well, here you've been, like, it's been like two years now, actually, almost two years that we've been in this pandemic mode. I mean, and now they're telling us there's more and there's more and there's more, you know. So I just wonder, I just wonder, what what particular challenges uh, have you met? Well, of course, when the pandemic first happened, everything just kind of froze um, for the first couple weeks. But then after that, you know, people still had to get their plumbing fixtures repaired. So we do our best to be respectful of their needs as well as explaining our needs to protect our employees. And so, you know, just kind of the same thing that everyone else is doing with social distancing, asking our customers to wear masks, and we wear masks, and, you know, supplying tons of hand sanitizers, shoe booties, the whole bit, and just putting people at ease when they call us with their concerns that that we respect their needs as well. Well, I know I know most businesses because of, of the the difficulty around the uh, pandemic uh, had to get some assistance from the government. Did you, had you gotten any assistance for the government, and was that easy or hard to get, or was there any discrimination because of a woman, or how was that for you? Um, it actually went fairly smoothly. I was really surprised, you know, once we found out about the loans that were out there. We immediately applied because there was that two weeks, like I said, where it felt like the world came to just a stop. And then there were times that we had scares, you know, so people had to quarantine. We quarantined our office one time. Um, and so we definitely needed the help. And I was really amazed with the um, the EIDL loan. I, for some reason, I can't think of what the acronym stands for off the top of my head. But they gave us like 5000 instantly, like within a week, which really helped kind of pay our bills. And um, But we did work through the Paycheck Protection Program. It was just a lot of paperwork, but if you just stayed with it, um, we eventually had great success with it, and it really helped us quite a bit. You know, you know what I think is very, uh, you know, what I think is very interesting about this whole pandemic and about the government. And you know, right now they're trying to pass the infrastructure bill. And I mean, to me, it's just amazing that they've got seven hundred and thirty-eight billion dollars for defense, and this infrastructure bill is one debate after another. We're going to do it. We're not going to do it yet. When it comes to the military, they just a drop in the bucket. They just do it instantly. So you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting uh, when you when you look at all that you know you look at all those those different things that uh, that happen around uh, you know around uh, government and one of the things that came to my mind around the pandemic was is that when Ronald Reagan when he came into office he said the problem was the government well well the problem was the government is because governments require regulations and now in right. the pa- in the pandemic you see how we need look at the in, in what happened in Kentucky with all those tornadoes even a, a libertarian like uh, Ron Paul went to the uh, went to the president and says you got to help us and he was an advent against any kind of help for any state so you, right. you, we need government, you know, and I'm glad to hear that it was it wasn't as difficult as as many people it might think it was that they were there for us and they've been working working pretty hard. And now that we have a new regime, it's nice not to hear all these negative some of these negative uh, things that we would come out every day. Well, let, let's, yeah, I was really amazed um, at how much it helped our company, and I've spoke to some of my friends who have contracting businesses, and it was the same thing, but. We all kind of 
helped each other with paperwork and stuff, and, and it seemed to really, you know, if you just hung in there and you didn't give up on the paperwork, we were able to have great success with it. So we were we were very appreciative. So it. It, so it was another way of coming together with other businesses. Absolutely. Well, yeah. that, see that that that's interesting. Sometimes sometimes it takes these disasters or these 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 pushbacks where suddenly people come together and they work together and things are positive. Well, you know, exactly. you know, let's 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 switch this a little bit now. You know, it's it's our last show of the year. And which is amazing to me that we've gone through 2021. And my God, what a challenging year. I mean, for all of us. But I know, you know, we've had some real blessings. You know, we, you know, we, a little, our little, uh, your grandchild, your granddaughter, Satori, turned three years old. And I mean, she's just adorable, starting to go to preschool. And I understand we had a new baby, another baby. Why don't we talk about little Kaya? How was that for you? I mean, here you are. I mean, I can barely believe as a mother that my own daughter's a grandmother mother and that I'm a great grandmother. How how is that for you? Oh, she's just the best Christmas present we could have ever wished for. Um she is just an absolute joy and she loves staring at the Christmas lights on the Christmas tree. That's her favorite thing. So I don't know what we're going to do once um, once Christmas is over. We're going to have to put up some sort of tree with lights because oftentimes if she's upset and we just carry her over to the tree, she just looks at the lights and all the ornaments. It's amazing. How old is she now? So she was born on November 7th, so she's like six weeks old. Oh, my goodness. Time goes by too fast. Before, you know. I know. I know. So, you know, you've had, but, some, you've had some challenges. We've had some family challenges. And I understand we're, we're attempting to do a Christmas a little bit different this year. Can you talk about that? What, what are we going to do different? Well, I've talked to a lot of other families, and it just seems like rather than everybody just going out and buying, 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 and having like tons of presents all over that oftentimes people don't even need that we we decided to draw names this year and everybody has one special present from one person and everyone seems really excited about it and really into it <laughs> and then also i under we're going to have a, a white elephant or what is yes. that <laughs> so the white elephant game is really fun you bring a wrapped gift and everybody opens it and you could have one steal and it becomes a fun game and it just becomes more about hanging out together than about all the mounds of Christmas presents. Well, it's it's interesting, you know. I mean, at one one on one hand, you know, we're a consumer society, so you know, businesses need you know need the business. But on the other hand, on the other hand, families are finding new ways to come together, you know, right. and, and in new and different ways. You know, it's 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 uh, it's kind of interesting. Well, well, any other plans that we have, or any other thoughts that you that you can give our audience that maybe for Christmas that you would think would be a good idea. Well, I think I think what we're doing is is really exciting. We've never done that before. We've we've threatened. It's actually the younger generation that recommended it and we finally got on board and so I'm really looking forward to that. And just making it more about, you know, getting together and I think everyone will really appreciate it more than ever after being apart for so long during the pandemic. 
But also, you know, also when, you know, when a new baby is born, I mean, just especially around Christmas, I mean, the whole, the whole thing around Christmas is the Christmas story, you know, about the birth of a baby, you know, exactly. and the preciousness of the baby and the importance of the baby and, and the struggle of the mother having to care for the baby. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just such a, a rich experience. And here we have a little baby that's come into our life again. And what, what's so interesting to me is, I look at when I, they, they sent me pictures, and I look at uh, Satori just for my listening audience. That's the first child that was born, the, our first, your first grandchild. And then I look at Kaya, and I can't believe that Satori was once like Kaya. Now she's telling me, now she's telling me, great grandma, I'm going to make you, I'm going to draw you a pumpkin, but I can't give it to you now because I have to take a nap. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Just, I was, know. You know. It's it all like, about the kids. The kids just bring you so much joy and put everything in perspective. Yeah. Oh, what, what perspective do you feel? That, that what, what has changed for you? I mean, what, what insight? You know, I know for myself, when, when I first became a grandmother, when I was looking at the kids, I thought, God, did I do all that work? <laughs> you know, you can't, I know. You know, you can't believe that you went through this whole experience, and, and yet it, you went through it and never thought about it. I know you just did it as a mother. You just you just do what you have to do, and I think as a grandparent, you get to just be more about the fun, you know, and playing and you know snuggling and doing all those fun things. You don't have to worry about shopping for them and dressing them, and you know. So it's just being a grandparent really is just something so special that I had no idea. Well, I I know it's a, it's a whole different experience, and I I have to say I'm <laughs> I just I just adore watching you. And for my listeners out there who are who have had this experience, I know that you can relate to it. I know I love watching our president Alicia Sanchez. You know, she became a grandmother for the first time about three years ago herself, around the same time that Satori was was born. And she comes from a family where she's the oldest of seven boys, of eight children. She's the oldest. There's seven brothers. So you can just imagine all of a sudden a little girl, little grandchild. I mean, the changes she went through. So it's amazing. Yeah. Well, we're coming to the end of the segment, and I, I want to play a special song after after we say goodbye, Susan, Let There Be Peace, sung by Betsy Hobbs. I think it's a really good song to, to kind of sink our teeth in and, and, and recognize it, you know. It's we're celebrating the Prince of Peace, and yet we still do not have peace. So, are there any any final words that you'd like to say to our listeners? Any Christmas message you would like to give? That uh, anything that you feel like you'd like to say, and give us your website. Yeah, well, I just wanted to wish you all, wish you and all your listeners a wonderful holiday season and. Enjoy that family time together. And I wanted to tell you, Mom, I'm really proud of you. The last show of the year and your shows just keep getting better and better. And I really appreciate you inviting me on the show today. It's a real honor. And um, as far as our website, it's Economy Plumbing SR for Santa Rosa dot com. And you can go on there and see the crew and see the shop dogs and kind of get an idea about what we do. And, um, yeah, I want to thank our customers for another year of um, letting Economy Plumbing help you with your plumbing needs. You say you have two shop dogs. What are their names? Um, well, actually, I don't have two shop dogs. I don't know why I was saying that. So Sophia is our one shop dog. But temporarily, my grand dog has been coming <laughs> 
and her name is Pai, P-A-I, for the named after the small city in Thailand called Pai. <laughs> so temporarily we have two shop dogs. But, yes, Sophie is um, the main shop dog, and she, if you ever stop by our office, they will definitely greet you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite a it's quite an experience well susan thank you so much and thank you so much for the compliment i mean one of the greatest blessings that i've had in my life is the fact that i did have a dog i do have a daughter and i do have these beautiful grandchildren and now great-grandchildren i mean it just makes me cry to think of it just to announce it on the air and i look forward to our christmas together and i hope you listen to this song this is a, one of my favorite songs by betsy hobbs it's called let there be peace and then we're going to have a final goodbye by after that. Thank you, Susan. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks Mom. Love you. Merry Love you Christmas t- to everybody. Love Bye-bye. you too. Let's- Go ahead. Let's play. Let's play Betsy Hobbs. Let there be peace. I was born in a field of corn in the land of the Did my chores, but I knew there was more than my eyes could see.
I love that song. It makes me cry all the time. White men have to realize that they're, all of our heights and all of our hearts beat the same. You know, we, we honor two uh, activists in our community that passed away. Their hearts are not beating anymore, but our hearts are beating no matter what color skin you are. I love the first lines of my poem, I am women, I am all women. I go beyond religion, I go beyond color, because since the beginning of time, through my body, children have been born, like we were talking about being a grandmother and a great-grandmother. Well, thank you. That's it for our show. That's it for the last show of 2021. Thank you especially to Celeste uh, Austin for doing all those readings and to my daughter Susan Jensen and also for Linda Franklin for coming in. You've been listening to Women's Spaces and thank you so much and happy, happy holidays and a happy, happy new year. She knows everything you do because of previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, December 20th, 2021.